Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast, and I am so glad that you took time out of your busy day to listen to this. It really means a lot to me, and I have a really special person on the show today. Justine Reese is a phenomenal human being who I actually had the pleasure of spending a few days in New Orleans with at a conference the other, uh, not too long ago, the other month, I was going to say. And um, yeah, and we've we've run into each other at a couple of different events. So it's always nice to actually get to meet people in person. Now we can do that again. So it's a game changer. It's like, oh my God, you're three-dimensional. I know. I know. It's so (laughs) exciting. So Justine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. And you are, you do all kinds of things, um, voiceover artist, uh, podcaster, actress, executive coach, and you're also a breast cancer survivor. So, um, you've had, you've had a lot of things that you have accomplished, overcome, dealt with, worked through, um, and made, made the best of in your life. So tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you here today. Well, I think that, thank you. That's, um, you know, when you when you get to be a certain age, you have many facets to your story, I think. And it's never just one story. But um, the story of life really is is very twisty and turny. And one thing, I actually am a published author now, too, with just in a compilation book. But it was a nice experience. And I think it's relevant. The title of that book was called Developed Through Darkness. Um the difference between being planted and being buried. And when Oric Quick, the, the person who put that book together, asked me to have a chapter in it, I loved the title so much that I said it was an immediate yes for me. And the story that I wrote or the chapter is called The Unilome Path to Serenity. And it really is relevant right now in this question because it's about the twisty turny. The Unilome is a Buddhist symbol um, which I actually have tattooed on my arm. So if there's video a- accompanying this, you may have seen the symbol before. And it was very interesting because I saw the symbol and thought it was gorgeous, uh, but I didn't know what it meant. Then when I found out what it meant, I was like, oh, that's, you know, tattoos have to haunt me a little bit. I have a few of them, but they have to haunt me a little bit. So the unilome is um, the twisty and turny roads that we end up on our life, that we don't know why we're there. And then they end up, we end up, essentially here in buddhism it's the path to enlightenment but I, I feel like we're always we're never quite there you know but we are here which means in the moment um during the pandemic i spent a lot of time sort of reevaluating my life because i had been traveling a lot and the pandemic forced us to shift and slow down right and home and in my case that meant really something i had not done something i kind of needed to do and so the Unilone path to serenity for me was, you know, I don't know where I'm going or why, but then I had this pandemic pause enforced on my life. You know, of course, it didn't just happen to me. It happened to all of us. But there was something that allowed me to sit still in a moment of what felt a little bit like crisis, um, not only global crisis, but my my husband and I had, chose, had chosen to sell, sell our home. Um, it was not a decision I, I was feeling good about. And we were sitting in a rental home that was costing us a lot of money and it was very painful. And that relationship just wasn't where 
it wasn't going in the right direction. And I think that shift into this rental, I talk about in this chapter, I've sort of never emotionally moved into that house. Sure. But I had this gift of traveling and teaching voiceover and teaching people how to use their voice. And that was very inspiring. And I was sort of on the road finding myself and really enjoying that I'd come home. Um, and then my older son came home from college. And so it was a moment to just go sit still and look. And I'm so grateful for it. As hard as that time was for all of us, I needed it mm-hmm. to, to really sit in the, so to speak, you know, really sit you can in say it. that. It's okay. okay. I can say, okay, good. Um, yeah, I like to swear and I never know. Um, but yes, I, I had to sit in the shit. You know, I, I said it with Kimberly once on a, on a summit and I just came out of my mouth. I had to sit in the shit to make the shift. Yeah. I, I had to. And, um, you know, it's, it, I think when we talk to a lot of heart centered people, like some of the people that we met in, in New Orleans, we all had some element of that at some point. It may not have been during the pandemic. For me, it massively was. And, you know, I'm going to have a bit of FOMO in my life. So yeah. it killed it. I yeah. couldn't go anywhere. So I got into meditation. I got into a morning routine. I made choices that I probably wouldn't have had the courage to make. I got involved. I got some help uh, in, in some fellowships that I needed to sort of work through. Uh, I journaled a lot. And um, I made some big change in my life at that point. So, and that was after the breast cancer. And it's very funny. Today is July 14th, um, which is Bastille Day. But it also happens to be the day that my husband had a heart attack about 15 years ago, which was probably the first snow globe shakeup of our marriage that was obviously quite scary. Sure. And made us, and what I started when I talk about this in the chapter actually is he I think in moments of crisis, we were very good together. And in moments of, um, I, and then I had breast cancer um, many years later, like 10 years after that, around 2014, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, very early stage breast cancer. But again, it was like that snow globe shakeup where we're like, when all else fails, we will be there for each other. And we weren't able to manage that throughout our marriage. Um, and that's okay. So we ended up during the pandemic going, going different directions, but I think we are much happier, but not that that was easy. So this unilone path is kind of a symbolic thing for me that we don't know where we're going. And it's really brought me to want to help other people find their true alignment, their true center. I do voiceover, I teach voiceover, and I have been gifted with being able to help people dream bigger in their lives and start a new path of creativity in the area of voiceover. But what it's taught me is to help people get past creative blocks and believe that they really can do something that they've dreamt about. So it has a bigger meaning for me. And that's what I'm going out and speaking in on the corporate level and giving keynotes on now and doing workshops on, um, which is fun. And that's the, you know, that is, one of the things that divorce does, I love that analogy of a snow globe where all of a sudden everything gets shook up and nothing's where it's supposed to be. But it's also very fertile ground for just getting yourself together. And then it's almost like a, what do I want to do when I grow up? Like you can almost go back to being a child or childlike state and just like, what, you know, what's the possibility? What's the opportunities? What, I love the idea of, of tapping back into creativity because I, I, if you're in a state of conflict and stress, the first thing that goes shuts down, I think, is your creative side, right? So, yeah. how yeah. do you go about how do you go about shaking that positive mm-hmm. part up? 
Such a great question. Um, I think you have to allow the space and that's where this, that's where the sitting in the shit comes in. And most of us and me, I'll just talk about myself. I grew up in a type A personality parents that were go, go, go. I mean, we spent breakfast, planning lunch. If we were on a trip, I used to call our trips. I'm like, are we going on another Reese boot camp? Because, you know, and I would make fun of it, but it was activity after activity after activity. Very little time to just go lounge on the beach. We didn't do a lot of visiting yeah. in my house. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Although I got introduced to that style of living because my ex-husband is from Southern Indiana and there was a lot of sitting around and visiting and we used to make fun of him for saying it, but it was so, I used to, I would sleep more there and so soundly, you know, because, and it's not like I lived in Manhattan or anything. It's just that it was this brain. So shutting down for me, um, I'm also becoming a uh, dream bigger meditation coach. I'm getting certified in this through uh, a guy by the name of Justin Michael Williams, who I just became a mentor. I discovered him during the pandemic. I started meditating in the morning routinely and doing a lot of his guided meditations and really dipping into the dark, the shadow work. And I think that is where the shift can come. You know, a friend of mine, I love that you brought this up with divorce because we define ourselves by our relationships, whether we realize it or not. And that obviously starts with our parents or our guardians or whoever's taking care of us. And these seeds are planted. So when you go back to the creativity, sometimes you're going back to, somebody said this, I don't know if it was on our trip, but I heard this recently and I absolutely love it. Go back to the thing that you wanted to do when you were eight to 10 years old. And that's probably still brewing inside of you, or maybe you're doing it, but if you're not, that's a good place to start. I wanted to be a painter. I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted to draw. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance, whatever that thing is. And this is what comes up a lot with when I'm dealing with somebody who's considering getting into voiceover because they go back. I was making recordings with my family and I'm like, basically they were doing podcasts, right? But right. on a cassette tape. So, and I did that too. I think back, you know, we used to play like, I'm the reporter and we're here on the, at the baseball field and we would play. We would use our imagination or our creativity and play. And that is the best place to start because you are going to go through probably some kind of an identity crisis through a divorce. There's just, how could you not? If you've spent a year to 20 to 30 years with somebody on a daily basis where you are interacting good, bad, or indifferent, there is this, you know, there is this culture that is in the home um, and you've got to somehow redefine it 100%. I mean, but nobody really talks about that. (laughs) Well, and you know, I was at a, speaking of interesting um, exercises and topics and things that people talk about, I was at a workshop before pandemic as well. And it was, they said, now introduce yourself to the person beside you, but you cannot define yourself by your career, your relationships, or your degrees. So, because it really, honestly, if you ask, if you are asked to do this in a networking event, typically women, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, you know, here's my career and here's my background experience. Now, if you can't define yourself by any of those things, what do you say you are? Like it was, it's kind of like, um, who am I? You know, I remember when my father retired really early, he was a physician, he was a radiologist, but he also was a piano player. Um, and I think his big dream is I'm going to retire early and I'm going to go play the piano. But what happened when he retired early at 55, he was like, 
who the hell am I right. with that office to go to every day and those people to interact and be like, hello, Dr. Reese, and, and I have these patients to see. Um, yes. So he, it, it was actually a great time when I, when I think back, cause my dad is like a PhD in worry. I mean, he really knows how to, he really knows how to like, and that's what I was raised in, but he kind of, he started some therapy and he got in touch with, he even, I remember having lunch with him. I'm like, dad, what's going on? Like, you're so relaxed. And he was like, I'm getting in touch with my feminine side. And, and, but he went back to work on his terms. He did like traveling doctor guy. Yeah. So he kind of, he, he did, he needed a state of transition. And I think that's a good symbol. We all need some kind of transition. So what is that going to look like? Right. You know, when you're sort of like, it's, I felt like, and it was probably because it was the pandemic. I bought my own house. Um, I, it was the middle of the pandemic. My son was still in high school. So um, we chose to go up north and say, spend about a month with my family because he got to be doing, you know, online school and sure. I was working anywhere. So got, moved out of this rental stuff, went to storage. The, the, the owners of this house were renting back for me for like a month or something. And I was, and then I got here. And so I was at this superwoman stage at that point. I'm like, look at me, look what I did. And then that's when the dust settled yeah. and the globe kind of went. And it yeah. was like that, that trimester, I think they call the second trimester of pregnancy or superwoman trimester. So that ended. And then I was like, I felt like literally someone dropped me on another planet. Yeah. I mean, I was like, what the what is happening right now? I had to sort of rethink everything, you know, and do everything myself. And then there was the, all the resentment and all of the anger that started percolating up like, darn it, you know, because he ended up moving away because that's what he needed to do. Right. And it's, you know, um, but it wasn't, it didn't feel okay for me. So I wanted, you know, we wanted to get into blame and, and then that's the moment where now I know when I catch myself doing that, that's when I got to sit down and I have to go here inside Right. You know, in order to, this is, this is, and I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity to do that. So I think the key, if anything, is to always be doing that. Like, yeah. don't wait for this big crisis to happen. But we just don't learn that. If you get married young, in particular, you know, if you get married young, you know, and I started to look back and I thought, I've never lived alone. I went from, you know, high school to college to my first job was, it's funny, it was at a Renaissance festival where I met my husband and we were choreographed into a fight together. <laughs> Which is so ironic now. Self-fulfilling prophecies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. Elizabethan era. And it is really funny now looking back at some of the photos and stuff, but you know, that's how we got to know each other. And, but we were living in this church actually that they, they turned a church into like a dorm. So I really never had to get my own apartment. I was like constantly with other people. So this redefinement of who I am and getting to know a little, I was like, oh, I can be alone. And there is an introvert in there that can slow down. So being able to now, that's kind of my why now and my purpose now is through voiceover, defining the voice. I really, voiceover, doing voiceover, I got to record an audiobook um, during that COVID time period, which allowed me to really go to my home studio and just create. Yeah. And so amazing. Um, and it was, it was called, the book's called how to make a life by Florence Reese Kraut, who happens to be my aunt. So not only was I 
doing this book, but I got to talk to her every day. She, you talk about reinvention, you know, reinvention is the name of the game. And that yeah. she, we've done, we've done some podcasting together and keep your ears out. Cause we've got street corner, corner dreams coming. That's her next book. Uh, and I'm going to be recording that because we are determined when the book is released, that the audio will be released this time. Oh, so it's great. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. That was an amazing experience. And the thing I love about the voice, um, well, there's so many things, you know, the voice is our vibration. What's the first thing we do when we come out of the womb? cry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And from then on, it's a, it's, we use our voice to express our needs. And then at some point there's a redefining or we get shut down or children should be heard and not, not, uh, should should not be heard and seen. Uh, Wait, what is the term? Seen and not heard. That's what we heard. Thank you. Yeah. I knew knew it was relevant. Um, or, you know, for, in my case, I always talk about this, you know, I, I got, thrown into this gifted program because my parents were like, Oh, you barely made it in by half an IQ point. So that's certainly what we should do with you. And, (laughs) you know, and back in those days, a lot of us started school, um, kindergarten at four, four. Uh, The norms may be closer to five and the cutoffs changed. So I like barely made it because I'm a late November birthday. And, um, then they got, and I was okay. I was probably fine in the public school system, but when they put me in with all these brainiacs and I barely made it in, then that was not, where I really should have been because I got this low intellectual view of myself. I remember people comparing report cards on the bus and I was like, I don't know, I guess I got some C's on here and that was shunned. And then I couldn't be in the school play in fifth grade because my grades weren't good enough. So it had this depleting um, aspect of my voice, really. Like you can't, I knew I wanted to be an actress, but I was just really, really terrified. So fear was developed. And that's when, you know, I didn't want to use my voice. I was afraid to use my voice. And my parents forced me to go to drama camp in high school between sophomore and junior year. And I did not want to go because I was, I was really good at fitting in at that point. So I think, you know, Farrah Fawcett hairdo. I was with the popular girls. I knew how to play that game because I was a good actress, right? Sure. So this forcing me to go was a great thing. I ended up not wanting to come home and it really changed the trajectory of my life. Cause I'm like, Hey, it's not necessarily about fitting in. It is about a sense of belonging though. And you know, our dear Brene Brown talks a lot about this. Um, And I think that's my mission in corporate too, is to really talk about the difference between fitting in and belonging and where can we draw those lines and those differentiations and when is it okay? You know, sometimes, yeah, I don't have to say everything that's on my mind. And in the corporate setting, that can get really tricky uh, coming into conversations and having, uh, having, having honest conversations about difficult, difficult things. Um, so it's become a real fun mission to take it into particularly women reinventing in, at any age, yeah. having a bigger voice in content creation, which we all are tasked with doing now, having a bigger voice at the, in the boardroom, in our relationships on dates. I mean, yeah. dating, that's crazy well, stuff. And, you know, Justine, I started out, uh, my coaching career actually started out as executive and leadership coach. And what I found was with so many of, especially the women I was working with and that were C-suite, senior level management people, um, they may have been seen as a figurehead, but they didn't, a lot of times they didn't feel they had a voice. And that I would hear that over and over and over again. Or if they did have a voice, they were a bitch. That's just the only way it was, right? And so they they got so that their own voice wasn't even, they didn't even feel confident with their own voice because it labeled them as if they were authoritative or if they were standing up for themselves, well, then they were just being a bitch. And then that's how things 
devolve for them. Then they're going through a divorce. Now they really don't feel heard because the legal system's telling them what to do. Their lawyer's telling them what to do. And sometimes it's just easier to just let somebody else take over and just sit back and wherever I land, that's where I am. And so I love the idea of finding your voice. I think that's such an important message. Yeah, I think finding the and and finding it truthfully, you know, I always say I have I have a little superpower um, and I, I get to teach these really fun master classes, um, particularly around voiceover. But what I find is people are what what starts to happen when they study different methodology. And I have some really fun games that we play, like literally I play an emotional charades game where I will give you an emotion and everyone in the room has to guess what it is. And I will privately, if we do it on Zoom, I privately chat the coaching or I can do it live. But it's really relevant for this corporate arena because sometimes we have no idea what is coming out, what is being perceived. It's not what we think we're, per- we think we're throwing out there um, cheery excitement, but our voice is monotone and we aren't smiling at all because we're not feel because we're nervous. Right. So, so we're so out of sync. So it's, it's using nerves as energy because most of us are going to get ner- public speaking. I found this statistic recently that was fascinating. I think there's 75% of the human population would rather talk about death than get up on stage and, and speak in front of people. It's that, uh, it's that nerve wracking for people. And now we're in this age where, you know, if you are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you absolutely are tasked with doing, developing some kind of content yeah. and have to be the face of your business. And it's a really challenging for people in that respect. So I think this stuff is more relevant. At least this is what I'm hearing. This yeah. is what's being reflected back to me and you are doing the same. So I am so happy to be able to maybe step into this in a bigger way yeah. and not and continue to do voiceover, which I love and is fun. And the tapping into that creative uh, juice yeah. is super, super. And I love that. I love that message of, of getting your voice out there and getting heard um, because I think we all, and I'm going to, I know you're younger than I am, but of a certain generation, it was, you shouldn't make waves. You should be, very conforming to whatever, like the, the big loud brass person in the corner, whether it was male or female, you know, you didn't want to, you know, the expectation was you weren't going to be that person. Not going to be, that is absolutely right. You know, in some respects, I have a mother that kind of broke the mold on that a little bit. It's very different than the way I am, but my mom became a, um, a nationally ranked marathon runner in her late forties and early. Yeah. And, and was always sort of an um, environmentalist and willing to, and she ended up working for the Breast Cancer Fund. And, uh, and then later, after I was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer, she was also diagnosed three years later, and she has been, um, still has metastatic breast cancer and deals with it every day. Right. And I really watch watch what she's going through and, and, but she does it <laughs> very unusual. My mom is like, oh, there's an obstacle, just like she ran. I'm just going to run around it, you know, and I'm like, but it's fine. You know, most people would, they would be taken down by having to do the chemo and I'm so tired. She's like, oh, so I take a few more naps. It's okay. You know, wow, that's my- what a positive attitude and, and sending good wishes your mom's way too for everything there. Yeah, totally. um, Justine, we are out of time. I cannot believe I it. So I get into these conversations. <laughs> I'm thinking, why do they make us make the podcast like 22 minutes? Why can't they be 45 minutes? Because we need at least that amount of time to talk. Part two. So, we'll do a part two, Marty. Yeah. So, 
There is, um, I always ask guests, as you probably know, what's the one most important point you want people to remember from the conversation that we've had today? I think the most important thing I want you to remember today is when you are, if you want to tap into your true authentic voice, and that's metaphorically and literally, learn to sit still in some of the discomfort and start looking at maybe when and why you felt silenced at any point and start to start to unpack that and get rid of that old story. And certainly if you want to talk to me about vocal empowerment or do some workshopping around that, I am starting, you know, my next venture is about vocal power mastery and unleashing that authentic speaker and voice within. Um, in addition, you can always schedule, um, I do webinars if you're interested in voiceover to really, because that's, it's a very fun side hustle for women who are reinventing and they want to work from home. Moms who maybe have young kids and are going through, well, even if you're not going through something, you want to tap into that creativity. It's, you can really start to develop your own adventure, but it's not right for everybody. So I have a webinar we can talk about. Um, I gave you too many things to think about. Most importantly, the pause. Yeah. And if you, I will give a link that somebody could get for my chapter, which I talk about the acronym for pause that I did get heard at a 12-step meeting, postpone action until serenity emerges. Postpone action until serenity emerges. I never did that, but that pandemic pause changed my change the trajectory of everything else yeah. for me and allow me the courage to step into more of my authentic power. So. That is a great final message. Justine, if people want to find out about your webinar, your courses, your programs, what's the best place for them to go? The best place um, is justinereesvoices.com. So that, and I'm R-E-I-S-S. Uh, and I, you can always, my link tree usually has links to everything, which is on Instagram. So you go to Justine Reese at Instagram. You'll see me there. Um, obviously, LinkedIn is a great place and all your normal places. But I, I do a podcast called the, the Voiceover Pod that's out there now. We have about eight or nine episodes where I get to just talk about people, different aspects of voiceover. And uh, I have another podcast. I do some TechLink Health podcast where we talk about tech and health. So I'm just putting it out there all over the place. <laughs> Vocal <laughs> empowerment. That's where it's at. <laughs> I just being on every platform, anywhere you look, any country of the world, she's for sure yeah. pop up at your search engine. Um, Justine, thank you so much for being here. And I would really like to thank everybody for listening in to another episode of The D-Shift. And don't forget to tune in again next week. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.